and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Dom. I love Harrison Ford. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but he's great. And uh, Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? We love you, Miss Hannigan. Episode 69. The, the, as the, we'll call it the sex episode. Oh, that's this one. Yeah, we're gonna sex us out. Uh, an hour long. We're gonna be talking about Leisure Suit Larry and how it defined a generation. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, yeah, episode sixty nine, the the last week before Dom leaves us forever, um, and uh, <laughs> not, not not forever. Two weeks. Off to the Uh Yeah, so let's just hop into it as usual. What we've been playing for me, uh, short list, nothing. I didn't really have a chance to play anything this week. I didn't even get a chance to play like Siege or any of my usual stuff. I just didn't have time to pick up a controller really uh or i wasn't and when i did i wasn't really in wanting to play a video game i did however watch game of thrones obviously and i finished uh black mirror jordan i finished all three seasons yeah mm. have to say i liked san junipero wasn't my favorite episode though of black mirror same here yeah not I, even of that season yeah uh for me uh, white bear is one of my favorites white christmas uh, with John Hamm, obviously that's in season three. Oh, so you got the special in there, nice. Yeah, and uh, "Shut Up and Dance" I think is my favorite episode of Black Mirror, personally. Is that the one where the kid has to rob the bank? Yeah, that's that's yeah, my favorite. I love oh, that man. one. Yeah, love it. just the way that whole story comes around. Like, I mean, I don't really think there was many episodes that I thought were. We I think the only weak episode to me was the one with the political like cartoon thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I liked almost every episode, like, fully. Uh, also, I like uh, that in Season 3, you have a, a girl singing the song that's featured in Season 1 in 10,000 Merits, when the guy has to earn the 10,000 Merits for the girl to compete, and she sings that song. The song she's singing yeah. is the same song that a girl sings in Season 3, uh, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, loved Black Mirror. Loved, loved, loved. Now... In Shut Up and Dance, the other guy besides the kid is Braun from yep. Game of Thrones, isn't that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it Shoot. is him. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I loved about Black Mirror 2 is because it's a very English show. There's a lot of these actors that you're familiar with from other stuff. And, like, seeing Braun in there, obviously I don't – the actor's name escapes me. Um, seeing John Hamm in there, he's not British, but, you know. Um, and there's a couple other people that I recognize from stuff. Uh, really good though, and now I my new series that I started and it's only a couple of seasons is uh, Last Chance You, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Um, it's basically like a docu series about uh, Eastern Mississippi, which is a JUCO uh, junior college um, that uh, when people mess up at D1 colleges or they mess up their chances to go to a D1 school through scholarships, they go here, they play a season, and they usually go on to big schools and then go on to the NFL. Um, they have currently nine NFL players. Uh, the average for a D1 school is seven, and this is a junior college. They've had like LeGarrette Blount, uh, Jim Kelly's nephew, Chad Kelly, a bunch of like um, pretty outstanding players, and it's a really cool series. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I didn't hadn't had a chance to play any video games. Tacoma's working for me, though. I checked that, Jordan, so I'm going to be hopping into that when I get good. a chance. I don't have the issue or whatever. Um, yeah, and then Madden comes out tomorrow, so. But other than that, nothing. Real quick, since you already mentioned it, let's just do a quick little thoughts on Game of Thrones episode six. Okay, no. I thought it was the weakest. No spoilers. I thought it was the weakest episode so far this season. Hmm. Um. I. That's interesting. I I don't think it was the weakest episode this season. I think it's the weakest penultimate episode in a Game of Thrones season for me personally. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, it, it was probably my favorite ever of the entire show. But then also, it had the most problems. <laughs> so, because I, yeah, the whole time I was in such anticipation, I was like, holy shit! Like leaning forward on the couch, right? Like, what the fuck? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? But then, like, there were so many issues with the writing too that I, even before mm. reading reviews or whatever, that I just, I just pointed out to myself. You know, I didn't even. A lot of times, I'll watch an episode of something and then. I, the reviews end up ruining it for me because they point out like plot holes and I'm like oh well I was happier before I knew that that didn't make sense but <laughs> you know <laughs> ignorance is bliss so, but um, up until this episode I had actually been um, I guess I hadn't said this but I was against the whole 
uh, people talking about like time travel and such. Yeah. You know how like oh how did this person get over here so quickly? It's like they have time travel on the show. And I was like no. I mean I uh, we'll talk about it in just a second. I since I finished the first book, I'm going through the first season again, and um, from first to second episode, the dire wolves grow quite a bit. They grow from like tiny little puppies, brand new puppies, to like actually being like mid-sized dogs almost. And so it's always been a thing where time just passes when we're not watching the characters on screen. But this episode, I felt like I, I couldn't defend that any longer. It was just it was too, yeah. it was too far uh, down the road with that stuff. And so uh, that was one of the worst parts. And then um, we're getting another extended episode in the finale, which is supposed to be about 90 minutes long. Uh, but this was the first of the two extended episodes over an hour long. And they didn't take advantage of that whatsoever, in my opinion. They spent way too much time with uh, the group that was going beyond the wall and them just, like, walking. Now, don't get me wrong, some of those vistas that they're walking past are some of the most beautiful really ever on TV, but the fact of the matter is, is as interesting as their conversations were and the little tidbits and the little revelations that we were getting from that, uh, I still felt like it was a really bad mismanagement of that extra time that they had given themselves for the episode. Yeah, I think the wasted time wasn't in that. Like, I personally liked all of that stuff beyond the wall. and yeah, it's the name of the episode. Um, my, my problem was with all the stuff in Winterfell. Like, I don't have gripes with... Because I don't want to get into spoilers or anything. I don't have gripes with what's specifically happening. I just felt that they spent way too much time, like, setting all that stuff up without a conclusion. They're just like, oh, it's probably going to get concluded in the season finale. That's all the stuff that I think they could have cut out. Like, um, there was way too much there, I think. Like, way too much filler of, like, Arya talking about shooting the arrow and all this stuff. Because I think uh, Beyond the Wall, that was more interesting because we had a culmination in the episode that led to that. I think the beginning of the episode seeing Arya and Sansa and stuff in Winterfell and at the end of the episode nothing I don't really think a whole lot for the amount of time they were on screen I don't think there was a lot that actually happened you know what I mean that's where I think they wasted time I I guess I'm kind of flopped from you because I didn't feel like they wasted too much time there I thought it was an adequate amount but I didn't like the what was going on I felt like um, a lot of the stuff between Arya and Sansa was like it's just stuff that could be resolved through a simple conversation yeah. like hey let's go through our history of you know these past six seasons where we haven't seen each other and like talk it out so that we know where each of us is coming from because they really don't even know each other at this point and they've got gone in such different directions that it's like you guys need to just sit down and like explain stuff to each other and you'll be able to work through this a lot easier so that was my biggest issue is that it just felt like it was unnecessary a lot of the the bullshit that's going on between them. Yeah. So during all that, I was like, what the hell is wrong with Arya? Like, what the Like, this is fuck. Like, what? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. But when I think... When she had the fight with Brienne, I was like, this girl is a badass. At this point in the season, I'm like, this girl's kind of fucking crazy. I don't know anymore about I think. Arya. I think, though, they're setting us up for the old, you know, bait and switch here. Switcheroo. I yeah. think yeah. that the, uh, the two sisters, I don't want to say too much, know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and it's gonna get flipped around. It's next possible. Episode. Well, That's it could be. It could be that they know that everything they're talking like about is getting heard. So they're, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, that, um, I don't know if I li- if I dig that, and I feel like it's if that's the case, they've definitely kind of like gone too far into that just for it to be that switcheroo. But also the character that's involved, I think a lot of, they they want they're putting so much investment in it because they know so many people want to see the conclusion to that. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, Thanks to, right. Thank you for joining us for Thrones cast. Uh, Dom, yeah. Dom, what <laughs> have you played? Yeah. Sky. Telltale's Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Or or Game of Thrones kind of the RPG, Skyrim. Yeah. So, I'm done with it though. That's this is it. This this was the end. For, okay. For this version, you mean. <laughs> I'm done with it until for until this week. PSVR <laughs> comes out. Yeah. Did you plan them it? No. Yes, I did. It's Hell the, yeah, congrats. It's, it's happened. It's good. It's done. I can just clean it. Push it off. It's over for a long time. Grab the platinum. Still a bunch of DLC trophies that I'm probably just not going to do right now because I just can't anymore. Yeah. You got to um, play that hard home? I did a bunch of that. It was dumb. <laughs> the vampire stuff was 
It was just more quests. I don't know. It's fine, but I was like, I'm just Those not going whites, back. Actually, Dawn Guard, whatever. <laughs> I don't just know. Talking. Yeah. Just... <laughs> that that was it though. That was all I played this week. Oh nice. Um, have it. I think I have a pretty good discussion as far as when we get into what's on what's on the plate for next week, next couple of weeks for me. Um, but okay. we'll save that for the end. Okay. Jordan. So you're thawing out some stuff to throw on the grill, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, uh, for me this week, I same as Jared, actually didn't get around to, uh, like Jared said, I didn't even have time to pick up a controller. Um, and so I was mostly either reading stuff or watching stuff. Um, I, uh, as I stated, I finished uh, A Game of Thrones, the first Song of Ice and Fire book. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait to keep moving on with that series. Um, and then I am... Just before we started, I, f- I finished up the last little bit of uh, episode eight of um, season one. So, two more episodes left. Um, and it, like I said, I think I said this last week, it's a really great adaptation of that book. Um, from what I've heard from book readers, um, you know, as we go on in the seasons, they don't do such a great job of adapting things, but uh, at least book one to season one uh this really great adaptation not very much stuff that they missed uh that i felt like really needed to be in there um so yeah i mean the show is definitely very different now the production quality is higher it's bigger budget now um even though it was uh for the time a pretty big budget but uh still great still looks great um still beautiful the way it's shot in the uh, locations that they're shooting at um, so yeah I've enjoyed it and like I said I think this is like my third or fourth time uh, going through season one at least so it's still very enjoyable especially from uh, the point of view uh, which I usually take with any sort of media which is from kind of a more production standpoint and I like to watch um, behind the scenes stuff like that um, so seeing the production the way how far it's come the way that they shot this first season um it's very interesting because obviously game of thrones is a uh, is a big production and an important production as far as tv history goes so uh, yeah really enjoying that also finished reading uh inferno squad the battlefront 2 uh prelude um really really enjoyed that another great Christy Golden Star Wars novel, so I'll definitely be picking up her next one. Uh, I'm sure she's going to be writing more. Um, and gets me excited for Battlefront 2 and its uh, story mode. So there's that. Um, and then I also have started watching uh, The Defenders on Netflix. I've gotten through the first two episodes of that. Um, and it's, uh, it's good. It's definitely a very good show so far. Um, I'm not obviously uh, there's eight episodes so I need to go a little bit farther to see uh, how I feel about it but it is uh, cool to see all these guys on screen even though uh, just like most superhero adaptations um, I would you know I feel like we've had so many of these at this point I'm like just get them in the suits and get them fighting I know that's you know probably cost more and it's probably more special effects that you have to do in those cases but i just i want i just want a superhero movie or tv adaptation where they're just balls to the fucking wall um which is i guess logan or deadpool would i would give them credit for that but uh otherwise it's just like i just want i want it to be mostly superhero and then sometime out of the suit dealing with their everyday lives whereas opposed to i feel like right now most of the stuff is like mostly everyday life and then every now and then they're in the suit and they're fighting crime and they're using superpowers so that is unfortunately where we're at here but it's not a bad show so we'll see where it goes nice um i think we're gonna hop into the news now it's everything we've been playing uh first bit of news if you didn't know gamescom happened this weekend it's european e3 uh with less announcements (laughs) um unfortunately uh, so, really the big player, the only big player out of the three, Nintendo didn't really show up to Gamescom, obviously. PlayStation didn't really do a press conference or anything. Xbox did a, pre- a press conference. There wasn't anything too big. There was a couple announcements I wanted to go through. Uh, first off, this is where, you know, uh, Phil Spencer and the team tease that they're going to announce the pre-orders. 
uh, they went live. Uh, they announced the Project Scorpio edition of the Xbox One X, which uh, was leaked. Um, and it's just, you know, the Xbox One Is there X. really a difference there? Uh, th- it says Project Scorpio on it, and it's, like, in bright yeah. green. Yeah. <laughs> it looks cool, but... Exactly. It's, like... It's really just aesthetic, though, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's day one edition. You right. know, it's it, you yeah. have the controller yeah, yeah. that says day one, and it's just literally the same thing. Helps drive uh, pre-orders. It's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Next news story, we'll actually talk about how those pre-orders have uh, gone, but uh, one of the other things they announced was a special edition uh, Xbox One S console, the Minecraft edition. And this one looks really cool. It comes with a Creeper controller, um, and if you know what a Creeper looks like, it's the skin with the face right below the Xbox home button. And then there is a separate controller that doesn't come in the bundle, but you can buy separately. That's uh, a Minecraft Pig. The console itself is, um, if you played Minecraft before, it's a dirt block. So there's green on the top, blue, uh, brown on the bottom, mixed colors with tan and stuff. And then the opposite end of it, it's uh, redstone networking. And it actually um, lights up as you connect your controller and use the console too. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, I think people are underestimating how well this will sell. Uh, people are like, well, what's the point? I don't understand the point in this. Uh, whatever. Uh, don't people who already play Minecraft already have a console? And no, that's not the case. There's, you know, new kids every day that learn about Minecraft. Surprisingly, that game sells, still sells like crazy. Um, and yeah, this is gonna sell really well. You have kids who, you know, their Xbox stopped working. They, you have kids who don't even have an Xbox One S yet or Xbox One period, um, and they want to upgrade uh, and they want it for Christmas. Well, what's better than getting your kid a new Xbox with it already including Minecraft, right? Um, another interesting thing, the outlet's talking about this, uh, comes with a month free of Realms, and I guess a lot of, it's weird, a lot of like popular news outlets for gaming don't understand Minecraft, so a lot of them thought that they didn't think, uh, they didn't know that Minecraft had a paid subscription service. That's not what this is. Uh, realms is basically you, you pay to run your own large servers. So more than, I think, 16 players, if you want that, it's a server that stays on, and you don't have to be in the game with the world loaded for people to enjoy it, you know what I mean? So it's not all up to you to be in there. That's uh, that's on your onus of if you want to have your own server. That's not mandatory by any means. Some people thought it was like, oh, you have to pay for this to play online and stuff. I'm like, have you... So there is no subscription service whatsoever for Minecraft. No, you play online or whatever. Okay. Yeah, all the realms is is it's like, hey, you want to be able to host a server that you don't have to be on for your friends to jump in and have a world together? That's what you pay for. Right. It's a server that uh, Microsoft essentially hosts, you know? Um, yeah, that's all that is. And it comes with a free month of that, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, people were confused that there's like a subscription service in Minecraft. That's not the case. Uh, other than that, uh, what else did we get? We got uh, the announcement that... Uh, other a bunch of other regions can now use the design lab and they also announced a bunch of new options for the design lab for the controllers uh you can use um metallic now as a material so a little bit shinier if you like that look on your controllers me personally i think that's too fingerprint magnetic uh I, i'm, I'm uh, good yeah. um i'm more of a matte guy myself as well they also added the back grips for the back of the controller um so for your fingers nice. uh and they added a bunch of new options there um yeah, so I think that's great, uh, being able to allow other people to, you know, customize their controllers, giving you more options. I believe they added more colors, too. Um, and, yeah, just making it more unique, which I think is really cool. They did a really cool thing, too, when they announced this of showing off controllers that were designed for specific uh, games and franchises, which I thought was really smart. Um, there was another thing I wanted to talk about, which was uh, we got the announcement that Xbox is uh, Microsoft themselves is actually going to be publishing PUBG on Xbox. Um, a lot of people got confused with this as well. They're like, oh, does this mean this is for sure a console exclusive It's ever coming to PlayStation? No, that's not the case. That's not how that works. Um, what they're doing is Microsoft's working with um, Blue Hole, and they're basically <laughs> publishing it um, for Xbox. They want to... Can't. Uh, uh, the name, yeah. Uh, they basically... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, they basically want to make sure that this game comes out in a timely manner. You know, they want it to be out this fall. Uh, they just want to give them enough resources um, so that way they're comfortable with porting this game over. You know, this is a team that's never ported anything to console, um, let alone a specific console. So they just want to help them through that process. There's a lot of certifications they have to go through. And this is just Xbox being like, we really want your game. We're going to do everything in our power to help you out. Um, and that covers pretty much everything that Xbox announced. Um, the 
we earlier the first thing I talked about was the pre-orders, and you know I talked for a bit, so we'll talk about now the the surprising success of the Xbox One X pre-orders. Um, they sold out in 25 minutes on Amazon, as well as they've already passed the PlayStation 4 Pro in terms of the best-selling list for 2017. Uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro is currently at 88, and the uh, Xbox One X, through its first um, wave of pre-orders, is sitting at 66, which is pretty impressive. Um, yes, what do you guys think? Is this these these sales numbers, these pre-order numbers? People are talking about people don't want this, they're not going to want it, yada yada yada. Are you guys surprised by the success of these pre-orders so far? No, I think that was to be expected. Uh, it, I mean, it's just, it's doing as good as it possibly can at this point. I mean, it's not even out yet, but yeah. uh, this is definitely like as good of a sign as there can be uh, for how it's going to do. I mean, again, don't this isn't going to outsell the One S or the PS4 Slim. But uh, oh yeah, this is it, it's doing great. At, you know, at the scale of what it is, right? So, it pre- I mean, it seems like it'll probably ultimately end up being you know doing better than the uh, the PS4 Pro. But each of these are going to be on a much smaller scale than their uh, cheaper counterparts, right? But still yeah. a good, very good sign. Yeah. Uh, the thing too, uh, Jordan, do you think that the reason this has a chance to sell more than the ps4 pro is because if you're sitting with the ps4 already it's a lot easier for you to justify buying a new console to play games you've never had than to just upgrade a console you already have in an ecosystem you're already used to right is is that the case yeah Yeah. i definitely think so you know i mean that just makes it more convenient and gets you uh you know you don't have to rebuy games and like rebuild your library and that was you know, one of the things that I was talking about earlier uh, before I kind of moved away from wanting to get one of these was that, um, you know, I am all digital and uh, it would suck for me to have to start, you know, in order to get like the Xbox One X enhanced stuff, um, it would suck for me to have to choose between that or the PS4 version because, you know, whatever, if there's hope to god let's say that there's a backwards compatibility for ps5 then it's like i'm i'm missing out on certain things just because i wanted to play them in 4k so on the other hand on the opposite side for other people it's definitely more convenient yeah well that's the crazy thing too is like when the next generation or whatever is when the next xbox comes out we've talked about this numerous times the huge thing it has for it is yeah you want solid launch lineup titles right but on the other end right. it's like even if i'm somebody who doesn't gel with the games coming out at launch I can justify the purchase because I already have my whole backlog, my whole library that's going to be available, you know, the first day I have that console. Yeah. So that's huge, too. And I feel confident that uh, Microsoft is going to make sure that uh, Xbox 2, let's say it is, is going to be backwards compatible. Oh, yeah, 100%. With at least all Xbox One games, and then they'll try, I think, to do their best with original Xbox and 360. Well, I think... If I'm a betting man, I say that's that's already locked and loaded. I think that's that's yeah, going to be one of their saying, sales yeah. pitches. Is like you all of your Xbox Absolutely. One games will transfer over. You'll have your library of 360 games. I think the one hangup might be the Xbox, just because that's the toughest hurdle. But I think even then, right? I think they're willing to. You know, people want the Xbox games, but the original Xbox isn't PlayStation One. It isn't. Uh, you know, Nintendo 64, it doesn't necessarily have the rapport or the, the catalog, so I don't think people are hung up on that. I think having yeah. that 360 library and then obviously the Xbox One library will be huge. Um, yeah, this actually surprised My me. My thing... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, as we move into this uh, obviously digital future... Fuck. What happened? Oh, maybe it was just Dom. I thought yeah. you, <laughs> thought my shit disconnected. You can go ahead. I'll try adding to the call. Just continue. Okay. Sorry about that, uh, listeners at home. Anyways, as we move into this digital future, I think it is uh, going to be paramount for these companies. You know, obviously, who knows what happens with Nintendo. Um, but PlayStation, Sony, and Microsoft with Xbox, they have to be uh, start getting used to this backwards compatibility thing because we're at a point now where... Um, people are, you know, just there's other people like me that are all digital that are building their digital libraries and they're going to be upset if uh, moving into the next generation they have to restart this whole process and buy all these games again. Yeah, I think that could be a big plunder and a big fumble for PlayStation if 
if the PlayStation 5 isn't backwards compatible, man, I think that's going to be it. That's it could easily rival the meltdown that was 2013 for Xbox One, you know? Be- it's just yeah. I think it's com- it's becoming something that people just expect. And I think at a point if, yeah. if we're pushing towards a digital future, I think you're okay to expect that as a consumer. And if the the company right. doesn't deliver, then that's your choice to switch. And I think that's the thing is Xbox has kind of learned, and it seems like they learn and then they forget. Not only Xbox, but Sony as well. They learn that you know consumers are loyal to an extent, but they'll they're willing to commit mutiny and move over if you're not dealing what they want. Right. And it could right. turn the tides again. We've talked about this numerous times. Like, I do not see a world in which the PlayStation Five is not backwards compatible. And if it isn't, it's going to suck. You know, it's going to really suck for the yeah, I mean, sixty million users who have a PS4. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not confident in it, which sucks being such a big PlayStation fan. But it, you know, who knows? Sony can be so fucking tone deaf a lot of times when it comes to this stuff so you just never know yeah exactly and we've talked about xbox is doing all the right moves because they're in they're in the losing position and it's even with the exclusive thing there's an argument there of like they're skating this weird line of they kind of have to hold out on their big guns because you know they currently have already lost this and nothing nothing moves software and hardware like new hardware right so they're in this weird middle ground but they're doing everything right in the eyes of gamers of being friendly and doing all of the right moves that they're building on all of this stuff whereas with playstation it's like well you'd expect them to be backwards compatible and you'd assume but who knows we saw everyone assumed that the xbox one was going to sell like hotcakes because of the 360 you know what i mean you don't know. I think everyone would have assumed uh, nearly five years ago when the uh, PlayStation 4 was launched that you could say, hey, I'll bet you 100 bucks that five years from now in 2018, by the start of 2018, you will be able to change your PlayStation name. Yep. Your PlayStation true. Network yeah, name, that right? Yeah, true, yeah. Everyone would have assumed that, but, you know, <laughs> exactly. not necessarily the case. You know what they say about assumptions. Um, uh-huh. The next news story here is really interesting. This caught me off guard, not because of the company involved, but just because just random. I didn't expect to read this today. Uh, Assassin's Creed and Final Fantasy XV collaboration revealed at Gamescom. So essentially what's happening <laughs> is in a new update for Final Fantasy XV, there's going to be a, this event called Assassin's Festival. And from everything I've seen, um, the main character of Final Fantasy is it? It's not Ignis. It's Noctis, right? Noctis is the main Noctis, character. Noctis, yes. Noctis is going to be able to get in Ezio's suit and act like an assassin in Assassin's Creed game. You can scale buildings. You can do the... Um... Whoa! Yeah, you didn't see this? I didn't know about that Yeah, part. you can scale... I, I, I knew that... Sorry. I knew that he would have the costume, but I'm really surprised. That, that means they have to, like, develop the game for that, where, like... The, the walls are now scalable and this, that, and the other. Well, I mean, we saw with Shadow of Mordor that that Assassin's Creed coach is out for everybody to yeah. use. Um, yeah, he can scale buildings. He can do the leap of faith. Uh, I don't know. I didn't play Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen, so you guys have to correct me on this. I don't think you did either, Dom. They added in a bunch of stealth stuff. Like, you can Assassin's Creed stealth kill people, Jordan. Like you can Damn. go through and... Yeah, there's a whole trailer for it. It looks really cool. What? What about the Hidden Blade? Uh, yeah, Hidden Blade's there too. Hell yeah. So, can you imagine, because you know this game's all about like the four bros, and the other three bros are, are kind of his, uh, in some ways, his guard. Yeah. Um, can you imagine if you were like on a trip with your king, and you're supposed to be guarding him, and you see him just jump <laughs> off the fucking building <laughs> into a haystack? You're like, ah! God. Freaking the fuck out. Uh, in the section for the Assassin's Festival 2, from what I saw in the trailer, the crowds looked very Assassin's Creed, uh, which is cool. Like, yeah. it didn't look like, you know, the crowds you've seen in Final Fantasy or whatever. They look like these groupings. Oh, and... so this is only in a certain area. No, I don't know about that specifically, but the the characters that I saw, the groupings of AI, was in a specific area. I don't know if all of the mechanics are in a specific area. I'd assume probably. It looks like a big part of, like, a downtown area. So I'm assuming you enter there. Because that'd be crazy if... Yeah, it'd be crazy if you download this DLC costume and then all of a sudden you just climb up any wall in the game and feel... I feel like it would break it, you know? Yeah. It's it's interesting. Maybe it is just this it's, it's an spot. It's an odd pairing, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, very odd pairing. Is this like a, is this a marketing move for both of them? Because like obviously the new Assassin's Creed is coming out, 
And then Final Fantasy 15 is having the you know the announced the new mobile version. There's hints about the Switch version. Uh, Dom, do you think this is like just a marketing game for both of them? They felt like like it's a cool collaboration, yeah, but this will definitely influence sales for them, right? At a key time. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's the, it's the same thing where they did uh, the collaboration with Afro Jack in my mind. It's like cool. You guys like this musician. So, yeah. Now he's a thing. Now it's a thing in your game. Yeah, it's just, it's so odd. Like you were telling me what what uh you know what video game franchise should Assassin's Creed collaborate with? Final Fantasy would not been out at the top of the list. It just it's yeah. so odd. Yeah, it's so odd. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's cool nonetheless. It's interesting. Of course, Square Enix would do something weird like this. Um, I think that's it for news. We're gonna go into our last topic. It was announcement. And- oh. Sorry. Hold on, hold on, Jared. Uh, this just in. Blue Hole. <laughs> Blue Hole Studios has decided to merge with Blue Point Studios, and they're going to be making a new studio called Blue Baby. Uh, you heard it here I first. get it. A point in there's, a hole. Ah. There's <laughs> your stupid joke for the day, gentlemen. Um. Yeah. So this, uh, our topic's going to be about a game announcement. It was actually leaked, and then they were like, "Hey, it exists." And then we're going to talk about whether we think it's going to be successful or not, because it is a very interesting game from a, an interesting studio making it. So Biomutant was announced. It's uh, an RPG uh, from THQ Nordic, who's publishing it. The developers are former Avalanche Studios guys, the guys behind Just Cause Three. Um, their new studio, I believe, is called Experiment 101, which is in Stockholm, Sweden. It's a very interesting game. Um, I was talking before the show, and I said I would personally describe it as an organic sci-fi redwall, um, which is a mouthful in and of its own. <laughs> it it looks cool. It looks very combat-oriented. There's shooting, and there's actually melee combat as well. Uh, it starts with you creating this furry little cat raccoon-type character. You can customize its fur patterns its head shape to an extent and its colors and uh it, it there's some weird like branching dialogue rpg elements at the beginning of it some of them are yeah that was very weird some of them are on the nose though it's like oh i'm the good guy you know go this way and it's like no i'm the anti-hero it's like very um self-aware of those choices uh the combat, yeah. you know, just to throw it out there, the game looks rough. It is early, so the game doesn't look super polished, um, but it does look interesting. I want to get your guys' thoughts. We'll talk about will it succeed later. I just want to get your guys' initial impressions on Biomutant. Like, where does it sit on your on your interest level, and do you think this is very refreshing uh, in the gaming industry? So, whoever wants to so tackle I watched So, I watched a bunch of the gameplay, you know, like eight minutes or so worth. I think it looks cool as fuck, to be totally honest. This is... <laughs> yeah. For one, first and foremost, it's completely original. I mean, I don't know of anything else, um, you know, aesthetically or genre-wise. Well, not not genre. Like, gameplay-wise, it's similar to a lot of things. But, like, it reminds me, like, of Horizon Zero Dawn, where it was like, okay, we've never had, at least to my knowledge, you know, robot dinosaurs in a post-apocalyptic future type of thing. This is, like, a weird chipmunk customizable character with some, like, kind of... Dark Souls-ish combat mixed with, like, some Ratchet and Clank-type business. I don't know. It's just... There's <laughs> a lot of weirdness, um, but it looks real cool. Um, like you said, though, super unpolished at this point. Super unpolished, but, like, you know, you're jumping through a hole in the wall and your character kind of, like, half clips through it type of stuff. So it's, you know, some rough rough edges here and there, but, you know, plenty of time for them to uh, iron a lot of that out. But still, I can see this being definitely something I grab when it inevitably goes on sale after a couple months after release. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm down. Jordan, what do you think? I know you were upset when they announced that Deus Ex wasn't happening anymore. And, you know, this game also talks about how there's going to be mutations and bionic prosthetics and stuff like that. And it's not a one-to-one, but do you think this might, if it's if it's polished enough, uh, it might fill that need, that hole, you know, that Deus Ex has missing? Um, for me, probably not. I mean, it isn't cyberpunk. It's more... Um, like biopunk, yeah, or um, it's Did you make that up, <laughs> which is like no, it's a thing, oh. uh, but it's it's basically like cyberpunk. If you're, it's like if it's more about like the it's like pirate too. Uh, I think I get like a pirate yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. vibe too. Yeah, yeah, biopunk is like cyberpunk if you have more of uh, like bionic mutations or not mutations, like uh, augmentations and stuff. Anyways, um, 
it is filling the void in a sense of uh, just uniqueness in uh, the bigger budget game space, yeah. um, which is certainly something that seems to be missing a lot of times. Um, and um, that's something that I really want to see. It, it does kind of upset me that the biggest, and I guess you could say this with movies and, and maybe to a lesser extent TV, but it does seem like there is less creativity and less uh, kind of risk taking uh, out of the box yeah less out of the box less off the wall risk taking sort of properties out there especially when it comes to stuff that isn't being adapted um, so that is just good to see in my mind especially uh, third person action adventure possibly you know it does seem like it has RPG elements with you uh, being able to customize yourself quite heavily and then even uh customize like your weapons and your gear and such um so yeah i guess from that part it's definitely going to fill a void for me yeah uh let's shift down to will it be a success obviously we can't predict that um but for me i think this game can go one of two ways and my only fear with this game is that it goes the scale bound route of where we hear about this game sooner than we should we get a release date sooner than we should and it just kind of gets forgotten to the point where it's you can't really recover from it and then it gets canceled or something and maybe not one to one with Scalebound but I'm just afraid that this game might get a release date before it needs to and then it'll get delayed 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 and yeah delays are good because it'll make it a better game but with it this isn't a, you know this isn't a triple-a blockbuster video game that people are gonna remember it's not Red Dead 2 it's a new IP and the worst thing you can do with a new IP is constantly lead people on a trail right and then people eventually stop caring about it because like oh that game's not coming out anyways it's never coming out it keeps getting delayed that's my only worry because we saw this and it looks kind of rough which is fine all games look rough early on i'm just worried that this game might be because of the buzz it's getting it might be thq nordic might usher this out before they need to and cause them to backpedal you know that's my only worry mm. um uh, i think it i think it definitely comes out um I'm not as worried as you are in that sense, but I think the worst that can happen to it is it comes out and then it's just kind of, it goes the way of like the surge or, yeah, you know, that just cause three where it kind of comes out and people are talking about it for a few days and then it's just gone. Yeah. Um, and then it comes out on yeah, PS plus I, for free at some point type thing, or I it could get more of just, it could get the, the internet. Love. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more of just the double a space, not having enough marketing money to get the word. Oh out yeah, as much. absolutely. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, like you just said, Dom. It those types of games they always have a chance of becoming a uh, kind of a darling. Exactly. But, I mean, really, that's what Dark Souls was. I mean, at first, yeah. Um, you know, From Software was known for the Ace Combat series, and those really are double A games. And even like Bloodborne, Dark Souls Three, their most recent games to an extent are not really triple A. You know, they have uh, NPCs. I mean, they're really not. I'd, I'd fight you on that one. I'd fight you too. <laughs> I mean, when you're well, when you're talking about AAA versus like something like AA or, or the indies at single A, it's like it's a question of budget. I mean, the NPCs and the Souls games don't their mouths don't move, and they're also like not super high res. Um, the just general atmosphere of those games doesn't feel nearly as polished in. Uh, as something like a triple-A game. And now you may say, oh, well, that's just how they like to do it. That's their special sauce or whatever. But I think that um, they are just lower-budget games. Now, they do a lot more with a smaller budget than a lot of other studios would be able to, but I do feel like that they are lower-budget games. And so um, that's where uh, my point I'm making is that um, games like that, that's where they are able to kind of shine. If you're able to hit that niche that you're kind of going for and then become kind of a darling, you can still be double A, still have less of a budget than a triple A game and uh, become very popular and sell a lot of copies. Yeah, I think the main character looks like a raccoon and I think they can... You don't want to lean into the rocket raccoon thing too much, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to seem like you're just copying to, you know, market your game or whatever. But I do think they have a chance. It's there. Yeah, they're sitting at a point where that kind of character design is familiar to people. And I think if they do a good enough job marketing and if the game's good, I mean, that's ultimately what matters, right? Is the game good? Uh, this game has a chance, I think, to catch on. Like, it has a, an interesting aesthetic. It looks like it has very interesting gameplay. Um... 
I think it's it's inviting to people of all ages for the most part. I think it's 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 kid friendly to a certain extent, but it also isn't over the top, you know, look like childish, uh, looking anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it, it worries me because this is easily a game that can get buried and then it ends up never coming out. But I really enjoy what we've seen, like the base idea of it, because it is refreshing. It is something we're not really seeing. Um, and anytime you give me uh, anthropomorphic uh, animals and stuff, I think it's awesome. So. Yeah, Jared's on that red wall. Exactly, dude. This is the closest I'm gonna get to red wall for a very long time. Um, I, I guess there's Mouse Guard, the movie that's gonna be coming out, that's written by Gary Whitta. Um, but other than that, hey, and I'm saying, Jared, we may not be that far away from a Red Wall uh, movie. I mean, they already actually had the TV series way back, but I could totally see that would be an awesome Netflix series that you could have. Because I mean, Red Wall is pretty mature for children's books. Oh yeah, <laughs> you could totally like put it in between because there's just like bloody wars happening. You could put it in between kind of an all ages type of deal where I could see that being really popular, almost like. Uh, an animated uh, maybe Netflix show or Amazon something like that and uh, adapt those books I think the interesting thing too Dom you brought up Ratchet and Clank and the thing with video games that's weird to me is that we've always had anthropomorphic animals but they've always been in games that are either kid friendly or comedic I don't think yep. I can't recall a game mm-hmm. that was that started an anthropomorphic animal that was more serious in tone and more story driven I can't I can't think of one and maybe I'm I'm just having a brain fart, and I... But, like, almost every... I think every anthropomorphic, you know, game that's come out has either been comedic in some sense, or it's just been super child-friendly. Um, well, I think this still could be grittier than you're thinking, too. I mean, no, 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 I'm saying this is a positive. Yeah, I'm saying that this is a positive okay. for Biomutant. Yeah, that we haven't really had well, that. Well, uh... I, I meant, yeah, I was mixed up, actually. So, aesthetically, yeah, this looks kind of grittier and more adultish, I guess. Um kind of how you're saying than, than a ratchet and clank but it still could also be comedic too i could see oh, yeah, it going that yeah. route uh, with the dialogue and stuff i could see that easily like i could see like in fact that that could be a negative i could see them like having like bad fart jokes and stupid shit like that in this that yeah i could see that happening it just I hope it's not at least in a bad way for me personally that's a niche that i want to see explored of like <laughs> i'm using this as an example i don't mean a one-to-one like a last of us story or like these very dramatic like <laughs> like you know it's just like a raccoon with oh, that'd be great. With animals. and that's why i love Redwall because it tells these very trying and serious stories yeah. but with anthropomorphic animals like i love animals yeah. so i i have no problem empathizing with an animal that has human uh, obviously humanistic thoughts and and emotions and stuff like that um if it's that the writing's done right and um yeah. I think this is a cool. That niche. is an interesting, that is an interesting concept that you bring up, though, Jared. Because I was having trouble uh, enjoying um, War for the Planet of the Apes. I think as much as some other people did, just because I was like, yeah, I mean, a lot of the shit that's happening to these characters is sad, but at the end of the day, they're fucking monkeys. Like, I'm not <laughs> totally connecting with them the way I would. Uh, Can't take it as seriously as they want. Actual, yeah just not quite and it's like especially that movie of the trilogy really leans into how like how sad it is and how you know well, upsetting it could be to watch this happen to to these characters i'm like yeah but they are monkeys well, you know don't you think maybe some of that derives from the fact that they are fighting humans whereas what i like is when it's yeah. animals in a world full of anthropomorphic animals so it's like you're already put into a world well, where just, humans kind of don't really exist, so that never crosses your mind. I think it's like a one-to-one of, like, you know, animal, anthropomorphic animals fighting against humans. Well, as a human, you're always going to be like, well, they're not humans. Like, why should I care? Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Um, what I hear you telling me, Jared, is that you like animal-on-animal animal type stuff. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to take away one thing okay. from this podcast, that's the quote. Yeah. Put it on the yeah, box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that and my shitty blue point, Jim. Yeah. With this game... I honestly would love some Ninja Theory type dev diary stuff personally because this is so unique. I would like to see what they're doing with it. I don't think that'll happen. This, you know, THQ Nordic people have talked about it's weird that they named themselves after a studio that, you know, shut down um, for nostalgia purposes. Looking at, like, their their catalog, they're going to have Darksiders 3 next year and this possibly in 2018 Mm -hmm. as well. I think for THQ Nordic 
one of those two games needs to hit. Hopefully, both of them. But uh, I, I, I don't know. If if Darksiders doesn't sell well, because I that game is a game. I don't know. I don't think it'll be bad, but I don't know if it'll grasp the attention that they assume it will. Um, it definitely won't. I, I'll bet you that. So. Does this game? I know that like it's being touted as former Just Cause devs. This isn't an Avalanche game, is it? It's no, it's from former Nordic... Avalanche people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They 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 uh, basically they a bunch of people left Avalanche because I think Avalanche closed, didn't it? After Just Cause three. No. Uh, there's two Avalanches. The one that was making Disney Infinity. Yeah. Closed. Oh, you're right. Okay. And then the ones that and the ones that made uh, Mad Max and Just Cause Three are actually two uh, sister studios, kind of like Arcane okay. or something of uh, the other Avalanche. So, so this was actually founded by the creative director of Avalanche. So he left. His name is mm-hmm. Stefan something very European that I don't want to mess up. It's L J U N G Q V I S T. Jesus, I don't even know how. To... Well, we're very respective to that community well i i don't want to dismantle the name because of my ignorance on how i don't know no 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 because when you spell it out it sounds like lgbtq oh i got you it was a bad it was a dumb joke um yeah so it's going to be interesting i hope that we don't get the cuphead treatment this either of like we see it over and over and over again it's just like just tell us when the game's out. That's what people were talking about this year for E3. They're like, well, where is Below? We want to see Below. And Cappy was like, no, the next time we're going to show you this game, it's going to be ready to where come is out. Below? You know? I feel like, even though they said that, and I appreciate that, I do feel like now it's it's been time enough. Uh, but, you know, they'll get there when they get yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, like, I think the best thing for mm-hmm. them is to come out next to E3 release date September 29th or whatever because that's the Cuphead release date. They'd be like, it's coming out here, here's the game, whatever. Because if they showed it again this right. year, then they're going to be like, well, you're showing it again and it's still not coming out this year? And then, it was. I think it's a damned if you yeah. do, damned if you don't. I'd rather have people complaining that I didn't show my game than people complaining why my game isn't out yet. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a mm. weird it's a weird situation. Um, but yeah, Biomutant, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think we all are interested. It's piqued all of our curiosity. Biomutant. Yeah. Um, I, I really can't wait to see the first, like, polished trailer. Um, not only the cinematic, because I want to see the type of direction, like, Dom was saying, they could easily have fart jokes and stuff. They could easily lean into Rocket Raccoon. What what direction are they taking with the tone through trailers? And also with gameplay, is THQ Nordic committing the, the, um, the money to polish this to the point that we expect them to? Because they might be like, this will be a double-A game. You know what I mean? And it might not get as polished yeah. as we think it will. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, what are you laughing about? What if uh, the, I'm thinking the next trailer is like Last of Us style and oh, it's fucking God. Rocket Raccoon talking <laughs> to some other animal. He's like, listen, Ellie, I don't want to have to do this, but we got to get across the country and talk to the fireflies, see if they can figure out a cure for this. Oh, he actually has like this weird like Jiminy Cricket relationship because he has this weird like robotic grasshopper that follows him the main yeah. character so I don't know they could be like hey Steven I don't know what, what, what the hell your name is <laughs> robotic Steven. robotic grasshopper um yeah yeah so I think we're all looking forward to what can become a Biomutant uh let's get into sure. the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to be playing next week so for me I'm going to be trying to tackle Tacoma like I said it's finally working it's letting me get to the menu and all that stuff it's not messing up so that's great obviously Madden um I'm going to play through Longshot and finish that um it's weird that I never thought I'd be worried about spoilers in a story mode, but if you play the first hour of Longshot, there is stuff that can be spoiled. Um, so I definitely don't want that spoiled for me, so I'm going to get through that too. It's probably not very long either. Did you ever even think that spoilers in a Madden game would be something you'd have to discuss? <laughs> no. Spoilers, never. the Patriots win. But that's cool though. Yeah, spoilers, there's a roster update. Yeah, oh, and by the way, because like every time you start up a new Madden, they take... A situation from last year's Super Bowl, and you have to like play one side of it. And I was really hoping oh, yeah, that yeah. you were gonna have to be the Patriots finishing the comeback on the Falcons. I hate the Patriots, but my best friend is a Falcons fan, so I would love to see him have to go through that torture of having to play <laughs> as the Patriots, Jesus. completing the comeback on his own Sadistic team. Sadistic motherfucker. Turns out, no, you play as the Falcons, stopping the Patriots from making a comeback because Matt, the people who make Madden understand everyone hates the Patriots. They're so like, everyone wants to stop them, so let's just do that instead. <laughs> um, they also put Brady on the cover, too, and called it Goat Edition. Oh, so. exactly. <laughs> 
I think people the, the people will bite out of spite anyways. It, it, it sucks, yeah. dude. Loading <laughs> yeah. up that game and seeing that dude's mug, anyways. Uh, <laughs> or they're counting on the Madden curse. That that's true, which is weird. I was reading about when the Madden curse started because they were talking. This comes up every year. Madden comes out. It started in 1999. The player on the cover of Madden 99 is a player that no one I know will ever be able to name. Garrison Hurst. He was a running back for the 49ers that everybody forgot. I didn't even know that dude was on the cover. Kind of like Peyton Hillis. Was uh? I don't. I don't know if you, wasn't it Eddie George the year after that? Yeah, it was Eddie. Well, you know, it had other cover athletes that people like recognize, like Vince Young, Eddie George, Marshall Falk, like all of these great players. But you have like years where it's like Garrison Hurst. You have years where it's uh, Peyton Hillis, who was a running back for the Browns. He's a white running back, and he had a one yeah. good year, and then he disappeared. So like, you have these weird odd years where they just like. I think that's kind of Madden's kind of stepped away now for that. They're like we're either gonna put a guy that's retired on the cover with like Brett Favre. Uh, I was expecting maybe Peyton Manning to be on the cover, but the way obviously the Patriots won a championship, they had to put Tom Brady on the cover. They had to, yeah. yeah. Um, but enough talking about Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be playing Madden, playing Tacoma. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I don't think anything else comes out in the next week that I have. I want to get Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, but I don't have I don't have a Switch yet. I'm getting that next month. And I don't. What's the other <laughs> release this coming week? I don't. There's another game that's a release, Absolver, which I don't have a PS4. And to be completely honest with you, Absolver looks like a very boring game to me. I just don't understand. Oh, the really? I, I've watched I, so much. I was going to say Absolver looks awesome, but it's basically all multiplayer online stuff. So I'm kind of, I'm like, <laughs> which yeah, is weird. Cause just, there's no way that should be my thing. Right. Cause out of all three of us, I'm the one that plays the multiplayer stuff. But to me, I'm like, right. This just looks, the fighting style looks, I just don't understand the game there. You know what I mean? The hand to hand combat. Oh, I think that it's a really cool idea for a game, but you know, I'm into that type of like ninja Kung Fu stuff. Yeah. It's just like, Destiny two, uh, Destiny had fantastic shooting mechanics, but there wasn't much there. And for me, it's like Absolver has really cool fighting mechanics. Where's everything else? You know, and it could be great, and I could yeah. be an idiot. I'm just saying, for me, it just doesn't doesn't check any boxes. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Game of Thrones finale, obviously, and I'm debating on what big series to start next. And I'm thinking it's either going to be Mad Men. Vikings. I kind of want to hold out Vikings because I kind of want to time that so I, if there's a year between Game of Thrones, I want to start that in between. You know what I mean? Um, Madman's kind of on the top of my list. I'm debating either going back and trying to finish Breaking Bad, which I think I'm the only person that's ever uttered that phrase, uh, or Ozark. Trying to get through Breaking Bad. Exactly. Ozark. I just finished Ozark. That's what else I did this week. It's great. Uh, that's pretty much it for me, though. So, I will say, Jared, if you started Vikings now, you'd probably have time to get caught up for the November premiere. Ooh, what's he, is it the final season or anything, or is it just another season? Um, no, it's uh, season five. Okay. Season, so they, the first three seasons are ten episodes each, and then season four was twenty episodes, so Ooh. it's almost kind of like season six, Yeah. if that makes sense, where it's like that many episodes worth. Um, Why do they make so, the jump? Yeah, it's basically I, I have no idea. But they split them into parts, too. It oh, was like okay. That's weird. Uh, end of 2015 uh, and then beginning of 2016. So it didn't... I don't know. There's there's 50 episodes is the best but one. But it's not, it's, not, it's not like... You haven't heard that it's like filler. There's more filler now, right? It just split into oh, no, two no, no, parts? No. It okay. definitely... Okay, cool. I, I, I've seen all of season four, all 20 episodes, and it felt like two, two seasons. 10 episode seasons. Cool. Yeah, it Great. was very... Um, it's a really good show, really cool. You know, if you're into Game of Thrones, it's it's kind of a great transition. Um, really cool Norse mythology with um, a lot of... I would say up until, you know, obviously Game of Thrones has been very battle-heavy this season. But if, you know, before Season 7 ever started with Game of Thrones, I was like, dude, Vikings kind of kicks uh, Game of Thrones' ass when it comes to battles. Because there's like a big ass fucking battle every couple of episodes in that show and it's really cool from what I heard too one of the big selling points for me is that they have some really badass female characters like some warriors that oh, are yeah. badass which sounds cool to you mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. much it for me what about you guys what are you guys going to be playing Dom you right. said you wanted to talk about it take us to the barbecue Dom alright so today at the barbecue we're cooking up some ribs some pulled pork th- I don't know what the hell I'm saying <laughs> um, so in the coming weeks I have a lot of plane rides <coughs> A lot of hotel rooms, a lot of beaches, this kind of stuff. Sounds like so, time for the switch. Exactly, that's why I'm gonna get to it. Um, so I'm gonna get into more of the Witcher books. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get a lot of reading done. I imagine over the next two cool. weeks. Oh shit! Um, 
So that's that's uh, that's a given. But my dilemma here. So I have three mobile, four if I count my phone, mobile platforms of choice here. You know the the Vita, Don't count your phone. the 3DS, the Switch. Don't count your phone. And my phone. Don't count your phone. Yeah. Say call it what you will. Anyway, <laughs> so options I have. What I want to. I don't like to jump between games too much where I can kind of help it. So yeah, what are you, a heathen? Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to put it up to you guys. So the Must options... be if he's playing mobile <laughs> games on his fucking phone. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to put this up to a vote. Or, you know, I'm just going to put it in the air for you guys to help okay. me choose. Sure. So the options sure. are uh, getting back into Persona 4 on the Vita. Okay, solid uh, choice. Persona. Getting back into... Not getting back into, but on the 3ds i have uh a link to the past which i've not played since like middle school so that's an option okay uh or and here's the here's the curveball because i don't like sonic games i don't think they're very good <laughs> but i watched a review for sonic mania and i'm and i seeing i'm seeing it's 20 bucks on the switch and i'm like i don't know it looks that watching a little bit of the gameplay i was like oh that looks so, kind of satisfying for some reason so that's the that's i'm gonna give option. you my opinion real quick I think you should automatically throw out Sonic Mania. Not because I don't think you're going to enjoy it. Mm. But my personal opinion mm. is I think if you're on vacation and you're going to be out, the worst thing to do is take a risk at that point. I think you want to play something you're either comfortable with or you're excited to jump back into. I think taking a risk with Sonic Mania, yeah, you might enjoy it, but it could be that you do dislike it and then it kind of like spoils a part of your vacation. I know it's not going to ruin your whole vacation, obviously, but it's like I think getting into the mode of getting ready for vacation and stuff like that, I think you should either play... A Link to the Past because something familiar, you love Zelda, or you should go back into Persona 4 because you're going to be on flights and stuff, and it gives you enough time to like fiddle around and get used to being back in that world. I don't think taking a risk on Sonic Mania is something you should do until you're back, personally. But I'd, I'd say I pretty much totally agree with Jared. I mean, you love Zelda, you know that much. Persona 4 is going to give you an experience that is uh, lengthy enough to last you the whole trip, if that's you know even the only thing you played. Uh, Sonic Mania, you know, if you didn't enjoy, you know, I don't know if you had a Genesis back in the day, but even if you were just playing it at friends' house, friends' houses, uh, if you didn't enjoy that really quick Sonic experience, um, then you're probably not going to change opinions now because that's exactly what this is. It is very much a throwback to that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think um, Persona and Link to the Past are probably your best bets. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the input. I'm going to let you but guys I'll tell you know what else. when I come back. <laughs> okay. The, your number one should be the Witcher books because those motherfuckers are just dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to get back into that. Quick story. I had – so I bought a Game Gear when I was younger. Take a Game Gear. Got Sonic on it, and I think Sonic 2. I don't remember clearly, but I knew I had the first Sonic on it. Disliked it. Traded it in. <laughs> That's my story. I've never liked Sonic either. <laughs> oh, damn. I've never – I'm willing to give Sonic Mania a chance on the Switch when I get my next month, but it's just a series that I've just have ne- I, I've played it, ton- I've played tons of it, and I've just never. I'm like, how do people like this? You know, but hey, yeah. that's the thing is everybody has their own opinion. Um, yeah, Jordan, yeah. what about you? What are you gonna be playing? It's gonna be me and you next week. So, oh yeah, fuck dumb. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're going to have a great time in Europa. Um, So this week, uh, I would actually like to have enough time to pick up a controller, even though you wouldn't think it would take that long to do just that, pick up a controller. Uh, But um, I am hopefully going to finish The Defenders on Netflix, or the Netflix show, which um, I'm going to be watching in 4K. Damn. Um, and then there's uh, a couple episodes of Game of Thrones to finish up, and then I'll probably start in uh, the second book, A Clash of Kings, at that point. And uh, I've also been watching, I decided I was going to go through, uh, Disney XD has basically had their own Marvel animated universe, kind of like the DC animated universe, uh, going down over the last three years with Avengers shows, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and even a Hulk show. Um, So I started that, started watching uh, the first series out of that, which was called uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And it's very enjoyable. It's really cool the way that they do it. It is 
um, surprisingly mature and um, it's not just like the regular Avengers that you're already used to I mean it is but uh, they're definitely like they have more of a focus on uh, people like Ant-Man and Hawkeye and Black Widow and, and people like that and they've also just got a lot of really cool like Marvel references where they'll have a guy in a jail cell that's like a really obscure character or something like that they they do a really good job of the tributes I, I would say so I'm enjoying that I'll be watching that more and as far as what I'm playing I've been hearing a lot of good things about Observer which is a first-person horror game taking place in a sci-fi uh, cyberpunk setting um, so that is way up my fucking alley as you know I love uh, first-person horror and I love cyberpunk um, so I'm totally down with that I might be getting into that um, I still need to get back to Hellblade I have not gotten back to Hellblade but I need to I need to uh, finish up Walking Dead Michonne and then I need to start playing uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy because I got that but haven't had a chance to play it uh, because I've had a very busy week so um, those are the things that I'll be playing and then um, yeah that old Game of Thrones finale hour and a half long I'm hoping that it's better than last week's episode because I didn't have the greatest time with last week's episode and I'm hoping that uh, next season whenever we get it I do hope that they kind of tone down like the fan fiction um, having a battle every episode having this kind of you know proto time travel where people are jumping around all over fucking Westeros left and right um, I do hope they tone it down a little bit because the speed of it and the the reliance on action and quick travel uh, the fact <laughs> I guess that's what it is right they just have fast travel now in Westeros they have save points and you can just <laughs> jump around um, but yeah I do think they need to dial it back a little bit because they're getting away from what made the show great in the first place uh, especially now that I've just been through the first season seeing that political intrigue man I mean you know obviously a lot of shows have that but that nobody does it as good as this show um and you know what a little shout out i had been thinking about this and then it was that much more prominent when i went back for the first season i miss the dynamic between Littlefinger and varus and maybe this episode coming up this week we'll see them back on screen together it is a treat to watch those two actors go at it on screen and the kind of almost like uh, deceitful camaraderie that they have is really, really interesting. So, I'd like to see that come back for at least before the show ends. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like watching two Hannibal Lecters talk to each other. Something like that, like two evil masterminds. Yeah. And you know what? I've also been thinking. I think you know people talk about, oh, Jon Snow is the greatest character on the show, or like the most. Uh, um, the the one that you should like root for or whatever he's like the best guy on the show i think varus is the is the best guy he's the, like the best dude uh on the show as far as the main characters go yeah i think you know there's others like john snow's great Tyrion's a great guy but varus especially when he broke down like i you know when he was in at dragonstone talking about like i fight for the realm so that other kids don't get sold into slavery like me and have to go through the things that I went through. And he also has a part like that in season one where Ned Stark's like, who do you serve? Who is who is your master? He's like, I serve the realm. And he's the only guy that's in there for everyone. He's trying to make the world a better place for everyone. He's not trying to sit on the throne. He's not trying to prop somebody else up so that that person will pay him or give him a nice uh, sexy spot somewhere on a, on a cool chair in a, in a nice castle. He's doing it for the betterment of the entire realm. And so, Varys, you're a good motherfucker. Yeah, on the same note, as far as, like, characters that people don't talk about, because everyone's obsessed with, obviously, Danny and John, And I like them. They're good characters. Like, for me, yeah. my personal favorite character is Tyrion. But as far as, like, character arc, I think Jamie Lannister has the yeah, I was gonna say greatest it. character mm -hmm. arc in this show. Um, yeah. It's so fantastic to watch because he always he's always towing that line of... Um, you know, his love for his family and his love for honor. And it's... Yeah. The, I, the moment where everything turns is when he enters that hot bath with Brianna Tarth. I guess you could say when, you know, he gets his hand cut off, but I think that moment he I enters... I would say the, that's 
totally his turning point yeah. where he starts to actually become a decent uh, human being as opposed to mostly just a piece of trash. Yeah, fantastic. Um, also, we might if I'm able to finish Tacoma, you finished it, right, Jordan? I remember you saying you played it, and I'm pretty sure you said yes. you finished it. We might just review Tacoma mm-hmm. next week, too, since there's just me and you, and we don't have to worry about ruining it for Dom. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a specific topic within that that I've kind of been wanting to bring up and tinkering with it, but that would, that would work out perfectly. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you can, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, if you're even not going to watch YouTube videos, please just do it because it helps us out. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please make sure to leave us a review. It really helps us out as well. Or even just leave a rating if you don't want to type out a review. It helped, but a rating would help just the same. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Jared underscore. Jordan is at Mellow Modus. And Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Like we said, Dom is going to be away for a couple of weeks. So it's just going to be me and Jordan. Possibly a guest, but for sure it's going to be at least me. Jordan for sure if he's able to make it as well if he's not too busy. Um, Yeah, and we'll catch you guys next week.